0: Amen, that was good. I don't know if you knew when Stan sang, he sang with himself. Uh, He did all those parts and he taped them, recorded them, put them on top of each other and all those voices were Stanleys. So I didn't know if some of you might not know that, but he did a great job. You know the greatest thing that can happen to an individual person is when they become a Christian. Uh, when they realize somebody did die for them. And that person is Christ. And uh, I was thinking how far he had to reach to save me. I think Paul has to move over, (laughs) chief of sinners. (laughs) But I knew I couldn't save myself. And I heard about this Christ and that it was all a grace. He died for me. He was buried. He rose again. That's enough to save me. And I believe that with all my heart. And since I've trusted Christ, I've had my battles, just like anybody else that lives in flesh. (laughs) And uh, you go up and down, but you know, the Lord is merciful. You just keep reading the word, you just keep praying, you keep trusting keep hoping he's coming back soon. (laughs) And after all these years, you still keep fighting. You keep fighting. And it's been a great journey. And the greatest things to me has been his word that it never changes it's always the same. And uh, today I'm going to preach on something I did in the past, but it's very needed at this moment. I want to talk about high hill preachers. The crime's over. For, for me. <laughs> You'll get that in a minute. It's a slobbering. I'm a mess right now. (laughs) Good to be saved. (laughs) High Hill preachers. (laughs) Today we see a feminizing of men in society. We see a masculizing of the women. The women are becoming the heroes anymore uh, in the stories and everything. And you're beginning to notice how culture is shifting. And as a result, the church has shifted, too, in a lot of ways. And the church is going uh, to a lot of these movements. And uh, it's kind of disappointing when you see all of that. And one of the great movements is is that uh, women are becoming the pastors of churches. And uh, uh, you have a number of churches, even locally. Uh, You have them, Bible universities now, having special... Uh, things for the ladies now to, to become pastors and so on. Uh, I think it's uh, Beth Moore. A lot of you know Beth, and uh, she's a good Bible teacher in different ways. Not rightly divide her, but she's a good Bible teacher. And she has taught millions of people with her literature and her conferences and things like that. And uh, when she does that, there are lots and lots of men present at those times. And somebody asked uh, John MacArthur about that, what he thought about, what would he say to Beth Moore about her taking the authority over the man and becoming the preacher. And John MacArthur said, go home. And uh, he took a lot of criticism for that. But I want to, in a gracious way, want to just share what the Bible says. What role should women play in church ministry? Should they be pastors, evangelists, the Bible teachers, prophetesses? Is God leading women to be the head of churches today? And uh, I know it's a delicate, controversial subject, But we're not looking at tradition, we're not looking at denomination, we're not looking at our culture to tell us what the truth is. We'll just look at what the Bible says. And uh, I think it's always important to have that truth and uh, I hope that it helps all of us today. There are many in Christendom outside of faith, they believe that God and the Apostle Paul were women haters because of what they wrote. And that's absolutely not true. It's just the opposite of what the truth is. Understanding now notice this women's state in the Bible and in non-Christian cultures, most of the cultures were back then were harsh on women. Women were considered second-class citizens, the source of temptation and evil. They were only to be wives, mothers inferior to men not allowed to be taught and their place was in the kitchen or the bed today in many places if a child is born and it's a girl not a male they will kill that girl even when we just left afghanistan uh, you saw where they have stopped educating females now and uh, i mean this has gone on for years in roman times in roman times if i can stop blurting out here and my nose just keeps running now excuse me in Roman times in their society women were considered property and many were used in their temple worship religious services as prostitutes they couldn't testify in court and even today they are considered half a person and not a whole person They were not allowed to talk to men in public at all. So when Christ came on the scene, he elevated women's status and respect. If you'll remember Christ, he sat down with the woman at the well who had had five husbands. She was kind of seedy in a lot of areas. And the guy she was living with then wasn't her husband. But yet the Lord took time out and told him the good news of who he was. And it transformed her life. I remember at the resurrection of Christ, uh, the first ones that Christ allowed to be encountering him, they were women. So Christ has always honored women. states in Romans chapter 16, verses 1 and following, I commend you unto Phoebe, our sister, there's one there, which is a servant of the church, which is at Synchria, that ye receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. For she hath been a succorer, helper of many, and of myself also. Great Priscilla, there's another one, and Aquila, the husband, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto uh, whom not only I give thanks, but also. All the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is there in the house. Salute my well beloved e how you say it? E a, a pantheus in pant in pan, Say it, Carol. I had it down. I had the voice coming out, so I would remember it, and I come to it and I'm blank. That's really good. Anyway, it's a woman. so anyway you notice in those verses there he's talking about the Lord uh, about the women now God's design and order God does love women as a matter of fact in the body of Christ there's neither male nor female as far as favoritism Uh, we're all one we're all equal in Christ we who come to Christ but God loves women and men but he's Established an order, a structure in creation. There's clearly a God-given divine order regarding the sexes. Not following it has run marriages, homes, families, and even nations. The first reason is Galatians or Genesis 3:16. And to the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall, what? Rule over thee. That was immediately after the fall. Now that was not giving the husbands the right to abuse or to bully their wives or to make them as slaves. To rule over, it has the meaning of spiritual headship the spiritual leader of the home. It's not male chauvinism nor feminism, by the way. Secondly, God has divinely appointed men to be spiritual leaders in the home and in the church. That's his order, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And so God has divinely put together the structure that he wants for the home and for the church. The husband is the wife's covering. He's her protection. He's to make sure their home is biblically doctrinally strong to be able to withstand Satan's lies and attacks and Adam failed to do this and we know the disastrous results then in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 34 let your women keep silence in the churches for it is not permitted unto them to speak but they are commanded to be under obedience as also saith the law And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shame for women to speak in the church. I feel a cold chill (laughs) coming. Amen. Now, the good thing about that is that's not saying you can't speak. Uh, you know, talk and all that stuff. Actually, the context there is that women were not allowed to speak in tongues or foreign languages in the church. That's what it's talking about. And if you took that away today, there would not be a charismatic movement. I mean, that's just the truth. See, when you they spoke in tongues or foreign languages. They were speaking truth of God to the church people. And women are not to take authority over the men in a group setting. Amen? A couple amens. Ephesians 6, 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Right there it shows that raising a family, a father is also to be spiritually responsible for those kids. They are to put in and watch what's outward, their inward and their outward behavior. And the father is to be a responsible one, to help them to grow up loving, behaving for God. Just that simple. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4. One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. There, once again, it's simple, it's clear. We just need to believe it. The man is responsible for the spiritual well-being of his home. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Then he says in verse 7, For a man indeed ought not to cover his head forasmuch as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. And the man is to be the leader because she came from man. Man was first. That's very, very important. And in the context there, it's talking about marriage and the local church. Men are to be spiritual leaders. Then it says in 1 Timothy 2, verse 11, Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So God has appointed man to be the spiritual leader of the home and the leaders in the church. It says exactly what it means. In the church, in the home, men are to be the spiritual leaders. Just that simple. Now, this doesn't mean that Christian women have no role in ministry. Phoebe She may have personally delivered the book of Romans that Paul wrote to the Roman people. Priscilla, she worked with her husband Aquila and taught God's word rightly divided to a very confused evangelist by the name of Apollos and helped get him straight. Mary, the mother of John Mark, would not let him quit running his race. That's like a mom, isn't it? No, you're not quitting, you're going on, or I'm going to, mm, you upside the head. Right? That's a good mom, and that was Mary. And she opened her house to refresh strange ministers as they would come through, strangers even, and uh, she would open her house for refreshments and prayer meetings. Junia, she was used by Paul and churches as a loving testifier for the gospel of grace that helped encourage churches. Chloe, she stepped up for to help her church where Paul had ministered. You know the story of Lydia. She housed Paul and his companions and started a church in her own home. The older and mature women, it states this in Titus chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, and to love their children. And so their women are very, very important there. Uh, how many of you met some wonderful older missionary ladies who've been on the field for years, serving as, just as a single lady? And they've been such blessings. Someone said, well, what about all those prophetesses in the Bible? Well, there were exceptions, but they were not the norm in scriptures. The prophetesses actually were abnormal. The overwhelming testimony of Scripture is that men were the spiritual leaders. Not one woman is known to have written any portion of the Bible. Now think that through. Not one. Moses, Isaiah, Elijah, Jonah. These are not in order, by the way. Ezekiel, Micah, Hosea, Jeremiah, Daniel, Joel, Amos, Samuel, Joshua, Ezra, Nehemiah, Job, David, Solomon, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zechariah, Haggai, Malachi, on and on it goes, were all men. When you come to the New Testament, Scripture was written only by men. Only men could be priests because they were serving the Lord, sacrifices for people. The apostles, the Lord's disciples, were only men. Only men were permitted and given the gift of tongues of a foreign language never studied but have the ability to speak it. The 144,000 preachers in the tribulation are men. Starting the Bible off, in the beginning, God, it's in the masculine gender. It's not she, it's he. Note the qualifications as pastors and deacons, 1 Timothy 3, 12, I just chose one. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. There is no mention of prophetesses in the dispensation of grace working in the body of Christ, never. Prophetesses were only for Israel's program. Now, why were there some prophetesses during Israel's program? There's Miriam, Rahab, Ruth, Esther, Deborah, Anna, Huldah, and Philip's daughters. There were only nine in 5,000 years of history. So they were the exception and not the norm. But why were they needed? That's the critical question. And the answer is because at times men were slack in their responsibility as spiritual leaders. When men were not available, God used women to speak on his behalf. A woman prophet was God's rebuke, actually, against men. It was God's way of denouncing men's lack of spiritual leadership at that time. And when God could not find a man, when he couldn't find a woman, he even used a donkey to prophesy. Amen? Today in Christendom, households, local churches, many men have abdicated from their spiritual leadership role. And as a result of that, there are some good women who dress their kids, bring them to church so that they will be taught the truth. And as a result of the man abdicating responsibility, they take the spiritual leadership and role at that time. An example would be Timothy. Timothy grew up learning the Bible, the Old Testament, from his mother and grandmother. His mother Eunice, as a believer, she was Jewish, And his dad was a Greek. Evidently his dad was an unbeliever or he was deceased. Had it not been for mom and then his grandmother Lois, he would not have been ready for the message that Paul was going to share and then become Paul's co-worker. That was very, very important. Acts 16, 1 and 2 says this, then came he to Derby and Lystra and behold a certain disciple was there named Timotheus Timothy, the son of a certain woman which was a Jewish and believed but his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. And then 2 Timothy 1.5, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, Timothy, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. And then chapter 3, verse 15, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures from mom and grandma, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So at times, women have had to step up. Remember this, Satan attacked Adam's position, Adam's headship, through Eve. Eve left Adam's headship, left Adam's leadership on her own. And we know the results. Men, until we get in the Bible and the Bible gets into us, we limit, we weaken our homes, our church, And that makes us vulnerable. Here a number of years back, Coach Chuck McConnell, uh, he had uh, uh, the cancer situation, and they wore the T-shirts Pagano Strong. Remember that? Well, they did that for my son-in-law who passed away of cancer, Brian Strong. Let me just say something to you. Here at Grace Point, we need to have men strong. Men strong in the faith. And when we see a woman, now don't get mad at me. <laughs> when we see a woman giving a sermon, a Bible lesson on TV to a crowd of women and men, that bothers me. Because that's telling me there's a lack of spiritual leadership by the man. Because a woman should not be doing that. You forgive me. But that's just the fact, Jack. Amen. Remind you once again of those words I said, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 and following. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing, and so on. Then it states in 1 Corinthians 14, let the woman keep silence in the churches for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home for it is shame for for the women to speak in the church. It's a violation for a woman to lead men in teaching them the truth of the word of God and so on. The violations of God's order that He has set up. And it doesn't matter how many degrees she has. It doesn't matter how well she speaks or how fervent her desire. She has no business teaching, leading men in home or in the local church. Not that men are better. I've heard some good women preachers, I really have. They could out preach me any day but that's not the point. That's a wrong order. But men are to lead in the home, the church. The husbands do it lovingly, gently, graciously, but he leads. There are a lot of ways that ladies can serve the Lord in, at home, but also in the local church. The fact is 50 to 75% of the work here at Grace Point is done by women. I mean, that's just the truth. Sunday school teachers, projects, young people, leaders, children's, ladies' Bible studies, secretaries, food pantry, kitchen, sponsors, singing, prayer warriors, camps, help ministries. From top to bottom, we use women in ministry. Only they're not pastor or deacons. That's just the bottom line. And by the way, The Trinity has order. The Godhead itself, it's the Father, it's the Son, it's the Holy Spirit. Even in the Godhead, there is order, there is structure to operate. The Father sent, the Son came, the Spirit introduces. All three are equal, but they have different priorities and and directives, order, structure. And so has the church. We have women of prayer, of service, courage, discernment, influence, vision, scripture, sold out, faithful. And they are the backbone against culture's push to place people in positions that should not be in those positions. I remember... When I grew up, I didn't have a dad around. He took off the night I was born. <laughs> Knew what was coming. <laughs> but he took off. I didn't meet my dad until I was 42. And uh, anyway, I, I look back on that, I didn't have a dad to lead in a spiritual way whatsoever. Mom did her best of raising us and trying to just help us survive that we would be alive. And she was the hub of the love of the family. She was terrific. But I didn't have a dad as a result. I had a hole in me that needed to be filled by a godly dad. And I didn't have that. As a result of that, I ended up terrible in so many ways. For some reason, Carol loved me and we got married. And uh, she was saved, I was not until a few years later I became a Christian I became a believer in Christ and you have to understand I just became a Christian for the first time I started reading the Bible 24 years of age she was so spiritually beyond me because of her upbringing and so on and uh but here I am, I'm supposed to be the leader. So you get in and you dig, but I realized something, that God honors the person who tries to fulfill God's will, God's position for your life. If God says, I want you to be the leader, spiritual leader of your home, he gives you the ability to begin to learn and grasp and be able to handle that leadership position. And over the years, I'm not caught up with Carol yet, (laughs) but I've sure tried and God has honored that. And I think he honored the position of somebody who uh, just like you did after you got saved, you men, the rest of you men, Sometimes you say, well, I can't do it, you know, and you say, I'll just let my wife, lazy, lazy. But God says, listen, I've got a position for you to fulfill. You're to be the spiritual leader of your home. I mean, it's just that simple. If you don't know the word, you're not on your knees praying. Listen, you need to get busy. You can do it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. But we're seeing this reversal in the home where the moms are becoming the leaders and the men are becoming yes dear yes dear yes dear the wimps and we're seeing that in churches today we're seeing a role reversal taking place to where men are not men enough to stand up and be the leaders of their church and preachers of their church. And as a result, we're violating the scriptures by promoting the women to teach the men the scriptures when it should be the men teaching the scriptures. Now, if that rubbed you wrong, I'm sorry. Go home, put a little oil on yourself. (laughs) Amen. But I I wanted to remind us of that because it's all around us right now. It's on TV, you see everything. Just don't forget, and I I didn't want to say anything ugly, okay? I say it with with a heart that I believe what God's word says. And just believe it and trust it. And let's don't fall prey to the new Christianity culture that's taken down lots and lots of churches and taking over. And uh, I was watching a program last night, And the whole thing was about entertainment. And uh, how how much entertainment you had on your platform determined the success of your ministry, of your church. And I'm grateful for Stan that he always tries to have a balance. And he tries hard. And music is hard to please everybody. But he he works so hard at it. But he knows something. The word of God is, be, is beyond and over more important than the music. Even though the music touches our hearts, it's the word of God that anchors our soul. And we can't get away from its truth. Regardless of how loud culture is screaming, calling us bigots, calling us male chauvinists, because we believe what the Bible says, and as a believer, you should believe that too. Show me some scriptures contrary to what I just said this morning. That's what you need to do if you don't agree with it. We determine what the truth is, is by what God's word has to say. Always remember that. And we say that with affection and with love. Father, we love you. Thank you for your, your teaching and your word. And help us men to be men. Help us to step up, not abdicate. Help us to be what you want us to be. You want us to be the spiritual leaders. There's a reason a lot of this other stuff's going on. And Lord, it's partially our fault because we've not stepped up. Thank you for the men in this church. There are many here who love your word, who believe your word, who's trying to live your word. And I praise you for those men. Help Grace Point be a men's strong church. We love the ladies, but God help us to be the men leaders you you intended us to be. Give us a great day in Jesus' name. Everybody said. We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.